0: This message was preached as Pulpit Supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn in your Bibles to John, John chapter 14. From the passage from Isaiah that Tom read, we heard the Lord speaking to His people saying, I am the Lord, there is no other besides Me. It was an exclusive claim. God was saying, There is no other God. We heard it many, many times. There is no other God. All other idols, all other false gods will not save. They are not real. Only the Lord. Only the Lord. He makes an exclusive claim. And when we come to the New Testament, it is no different than that. In John chapter 1, we read of how in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And everything that was made was made through the Word. This Word was Jesus. This word was the second person of the Trinity who, in verse 14 of chapter one, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In verse 18, we read how uh, the God, the only God, had had revealed the Father to us, had revealed himself to us. Mm In John chapter 14, Jesus makes this exclusive claim like the claim made by the Lord in Isaiah 45. Now, in our world today, we don't like exclusive claims. Outside of the church, we will find people saying, well, you know, you have your truth and I have my truth. You have your God and I have my God." And basically the idea is that every road leads to the same place. Let's all just get along. Let's all just coexist. You've seen the bumper sticker. But Jesus says something that is very controversial. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Some people will say, well, all religions just teach the same general things. But if you really believe that, you cannot have really considered what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If what he says is true, then it cannot be consistent with the idea that all roads lead to the same place. Either Jesus was telling the truth that he was the only way to the Father, or we're all deluded. Mm -hmm. When Jesus makes this statement, he's making it in a context of giving comfort to his disciples. The the cross is approaching. This is in the last few days of Jesus' life before he goes to the cross. Jesus had met with his disciples. He had washed their feet. He had loved them to the end. Jesus had ate with them at the, at the last supper and he predicted that his disciple Judas would go and betray him. His hour had finally come and Jesus had even said that one of his disciples, well, he said that Peter would even deny him. And yet on the heels of these things, On the heels of Jesus saying that one of His disciples was going to betray Him and another was going Mm -hmm. to deny Him, Jesus comforts His disciples. Let's read our text from, from John chapter 14. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so i would have told you that i would i have told you that i go to prepare a place for you if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and i will take you to myself that where i am you may be also and you know the way where i am going thomas said to him lord we do not know the way where you are going How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for Jesus who came to live among us, to die in our place. We thank you that he is the way. Father, we pray that you would open our eyes, illumine us, help us to see what it is that you have revealed for us in your word. And Father, I pray that you would give me strength, wisdom, and gentleness. I pray that you would give me grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. That verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, seems to be at odds with The rest of the text we're looking at. Now, not for us, those of us who are believers, those of us who have trusted that Jesus is the only way, but from an outside look, if if you see this, Jesus is trying to give a comfort to his disciples, saying, Let not your hearts be troubled. He's comforting them because he's about to go away, he's about to go to the cross, and yet in the midst of these words of comfort, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. And our culture, as they hear these words, they probably don't hear a lot of comfort in them. They probably don't hear any comfort from the fact that Jesus is making an exclusive claim. I'm the only way. No other way leads to God, no other way leads to heaven. So we need to understand how that's comforting. That's one of the things we're going to try to accomplish. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled think about it jesus had just said that one of his disciples was going to betray him jesus had just said that peter one of his closest disciples was going to deny him in the passages before the one we're looking at this morning jesus it tells us that jesus was troubled in his soul And yet the one who was troubled, the one who was about to face the cross, says to his disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. In the midst of our storms, in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of our trials and tribulations, the Lord says to us, let not your hearts be troubled. He is not just using the power of positive thinking. He is not denying everything that's going on around him. No, Jesus knows He is going to the cross, He is going to die, He is going to suffer at the hands of wicked men, and yet He says, "Let not your heart hearts be troubled." He says, believe in God, believe also in me. The Greek word there, whenever it says, believe in God, believe also in me, can be translated either as an imperative, a command saying, believe in God, or it can be just a second person verb saying, you believe in God. So maybe you've seen a translation that says, you believe in God, believe also in me. It's because the words have the same exact form. And here it says, the way I'm understanding it here is, believe in God, trust in him. What's going to happen in the midst of this storm, in the midst of me going to the cross, believe in God. Believe that this is a part of his plan. Believe that it's in his control. And that's what we're to do when we face our trials, when we face our difficulties, when we face our sins, whenever we face anything that troubles our soul. We are to believe in God, trust in him. But then he says, believe also in Me. This is an astonishing thing for Jesus to say. He's putting himself equal with God. Something that he's already done and the Pharisees have have wanted to kill him because he's done so. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. He's saying the object of your faith should equally be God and me. It's what Jesus is saying. Believe in God. Believe also in me. When we face our struggles and our difficulties, whenever we face a loss of a job, when we face family trouble, a child who doesn't obey, a grown child who seems to be making a mess of their life, believe in God. Believe Also in me, Jesus says to us. Jesus then says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus had been talking about, he's going away. He's going away, and in doing so, he's talking about he's going to the cross. He's going to die on the cross, be buried, but yet he's going to raise again on the third day. And as he goes away, he tells his disciples, do not be troubled, let your hearts not be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. In my mind, I've often in the past and uh, growing up hearing this passage, I've I've often thought about this in terms of Jesus was going away and he was going to build on a build a house somewhere, build on a room or something. But I don't think that's actually the way we should understand it. It's actually in his going, in his going to the cross, he is making that way. He is preparing a place by his dying, by his suffering. And it says here, in my Father's house are many rooms in the ESV. We're all familiar with the the King James Version where it says, in my Father's house are many mansions. The, the word there, it has the idea of dwelling places. It's more of a general term, dwelling places. And so Jesus says, in my Father's house are many rooms. I think the, the newer translations tend to, to see something here. If it's all inside of one big house, then why would we have several mansions inside of this house? I think it's better to understand that as rooms, dwelling places within God's big house. And so Jesus is saying to his disciples, in my father's house, the big house, are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Now the disciples might be thinking, When did you say something about going to prepare a place for us? He hasn't really said that yet. He's just now getting to that, but he has. He's been telling them, I'm going to the cross. He's been telling them, I'm going to be betrayed. All of those things that he was telling his disciples about the cross that he was about to face were telling them he's going away. And all of those things, the reason for his going to the cross was to prepare a place for you, If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm not going away permanently. I'm not going away to leave you here on your own. But he says, I'm coming again. Now, in what sense should we understand this? It can be that we understand that he's predicting his resurrection. He's going away as he dies and he's rising again. So he's coming back to his disciples. But we, as 21st century believers, can also understand this in the sense that he's going away whenever he ascends to heaven and he is away from us. And yet he is coming again. We believe that Jesus is physically, bodily returning one day. As the book of Acts tells us, just the same way that the early disciples saw him go into the air as he was ascended into the clouds, he's coming again in the same way, bodily, physically. He was going away to prepare a place for us and he's coming again to bring us to himself that where I am, you may be also. And then Jesus says, and you know the way to where I am going. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus was not being disingenuous whenever he said, you know the way where where I am going. They should have known. In fact, he had been with them. Because what he spoke of was not just a trail. What he spoke of was himself. And he answers Thomas with this objection, we don't know the way. He answers Thomas, I am the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. the disciples, and particularly Thomas, he was the one who who vocalized this concern. How do we get to where you are? How do we get to the Father's house? Where are you going, Jesus? Jesus answered, I am the way. He wasn't just showing the way. He wasn't just explaining how to get to the Father's house. Jesus says, I am the way. I don't want to minimize the fact that Jesus is an example for us. And Jesus did teach us. But it's not through following Jesus' example that we're saved. And it's not through following Jesus' teachings that we're saved. It's by embracing the person of Jesus himself. It's by trusting in him. He is the way. When Jesus was going away, as he was going to the cross to suffer and die for us, he is the way. The way to the Father's house. The way into heaven is not by trying to be a good person, trying to to live up to the expectations, but it's by believing in a person, believing in Jesus himself, that he is the way. And he says, I am the truth. He is the only true way. All other ways are false. This is such an exclusive claim. It's rejected by our world today. Pilate asked the question, what is truth? And our society asked it today, what is truth? And yet Jesus said, I am the truth. And Jesus said, I am the life. We think back to when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Mary or Martha was asking Jesus, you were talking to Jesus about the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. I am the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Martha or Mary, I can't remember at the moment, was thinking about the general resurrection at the end of days whenever everyone comes out of their tombs and God judges the living and the dead. And yet Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then Jesus spoke to a corpse he spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Jesus, the one who spoke and the stars went into their place, spoke to this dead man and he rose to life. Jesus is the way and the truth In the life, Jesus says, no one comes to the Father but by me. You can't get around it. Though many have tried, Jesus makes an exclusive claim. There is no other way to God but only through me. And he finally says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus, again, repeats what we've seen earlier. He, he makes himself equal with God. The very thing that the Pharisees were so angry about and wanted to kill him about. He said, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. How is this comforting? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father but by me. This exclusive claim that Jesus is the only way. How can that be comforting? As I said, our world looks at that and I think that's, that's something they want to reject. That's something they want to turn away from. It's not something that people find comforting, but think about it in the perspective of those first disciples. Jesus is going away. There, he's going to the cross. He's going to die. And whenever the disciples ask about the way, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We, we do not want to divorce, to, to separate out that verse, verse six, from the rest of the passage. Jesus' words are comforting Because he's saying, in the midst of me having to go away, in the midst of the suffering that I'm about to face, in the midst of the fact that I'm going to go to the cross, this is the only way. Trust. Believe in God. Believe in me. If anyone is going to be saved, if anyone is going to be able to come to the Father... I've got to do this because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I think that's how it's comforting. Jesus is telling his disciples, don't worry. I'm doing exactly what has to be done for there to be anyone saved. I have to go away to prepare a place for you. Now thinking about our culture, maybe you've heard the story. Uh, It's an old story. Uh, It's uh, it's from, uh, from, from, from India of the blind men and the elephant. There were some blind men. Let's just say there were three. And each of these blind men come upon an elephant, and the first one begins to feel the trunk of the elephant and thinks, oh, it it feels like a tree branch. It must be a tree. And the second blind man feels the side of the elephant and and says, well, it it feels like uh, a wall. It, it, It must be a wall. And then the third blind man comes up to the tail and he feels the tail and he thinks, oh, oh, this must be a rope. And of course, the narrator of the story says, well, God is like that. We are all just blind men feeling uh, different parts of the same thing. That's how our world looks at the concept of God everybody, every religion basically teaches the same thing. We're all just looking at it from different perspectives. The problem with that story though, is that the person who's telling the story assumes that they're in the position to see everything. If every religion is just a bunch of blind people groping about trying to feel an elephant, then who has the right to tell the story? Well, the one who has the per- perspective on everything. And the only one who has the perspective on everything is God Himself. And God Himself did come down. God Himself did come down, become a human being, and He showed us the way. And He wasn't saying, like the story goes, that each religion just shows a different side of the same picture. No, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It's sobering to think about. When our world wants to just coexist, when our world wants to just all get along and you can have your truth and I can have my truth. But the fact is, if we believe what Jesus said is true, then those other views cannot be true. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by Jesus. So there are two applications that we can close with. One is throw your weight on Jesus. He is the only Savior. Trust in him alone. Do not go after other gods and other ways. And the other application that we close with is there is a world that is lost and dying. And the only way that they can be saved is if they know Jesus. They trust in him, the way and the truth and the life. If he is the only way and there are so many millions and billions of lost people out there who don't know this way, then it is our obligation to tell them to go to send with our treasure and with our lives to go to the nations that they might know Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life.